the other hole. Here, let me make that louder. That wasn't quite obnoxious enough. Hello. Welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. I'm Adam Selby. I'm Jackson Russo. And uh, all the way from New York City, we have out-of-system transfer. If you all want to say who you are and what you do. I'm Jesse. I sing and play guitar and write songs. Uh, I'm Danielle. I sing and play banjolelli, and I do a lot of our booking and stuff. <laughs> that's uh, not something people normally talk about, oh, okay. but that's an integral... It, whatever no i think that's good though <laughs> yeah it, it's people don't think about mentioning very, that's what they do so. yeah very important part oh, i yeah. wasn't uh calling you out i was more saying like props to you i, I you know i felt like i should say something because jesse was said oh i write you know i write songs and stuff and i said well I, you know I, I do i do the other stuff i guess yeah yeah y- y'all are definitely on a you're on a big tour right mm-hmm. now which is mm-hmm. what like 40 something dates yeah uh, yeah i think it's actually exactly 40 dates now because we had one or two drop yeah, we're out for seven weeks, um, which was our longest tour yet. We've done two six-week and one five-weeks and countless smaller ones. Yeah, it's impressive. Thank I, you. Thank you. Definitely yeah. coordinating 40 dates or 40-plus dates, That that's definitely a feat. Yeah, I, could, I should have added I drive the van to the list of things I said because I spend more time <laughs> doing that than any of those other things. If yeah. y'all want to spend the rest of this just one-upping. Yeah. <laughs> totally down to cause a rift in between y'all. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's a lot. I mean, I say this to everybody, like being in a band is way more spreadsheets than I ever thought I would ever be dealing with, but it's, you know, it's cool. I like, I like being organized. I like seeing that list of confirmed, you know, you go down, that's that all those cells and you see confirmed, confirmed, confirmed. And you're like, yes, I did Mm -hmm. it. I just, uh, I use some Excel sheets to keep track, like kind of a to do list only Mm -hmm. at work though. Um, and I just recently noticed that if I put like a a green, yellow, and red, it gets me more excited when it turns green, and red is more like you need to get on this shit, and yeah. yellow is like you're working on it. It's coming. It, it definitely it, it's that endorphin rush of just it's, checking something off. It's uh-huh. kind of embarrassing how effective it is, really. Yeah, <laughs> you think you, I, I, I go and think like I'm not gonna. My mood isn't gonna be affected by these different colored cells. Right, you but think like, simple. oh, I'm I'm but more it, like deep and mature but it kind than that. Of is, but no, I just want to see the green light go on. Yeah, you, just tell people are. Yeah, you definitely on your checklist. You need to put your first check as right checklist because mm. you're starting off at a good start. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you guys are all the way from New York City. Mm-hmm. So That's right. You're far from home right now. Mm-hmm. How was the drive? Uh, mostly not too bad. We, we we mapped it out pretty good, so we don't have to, we never had to go too far in one day so far. When y'all left, was that whole uh, ice apocalypse up there right now started yet? It was starting. To, it was snowing when we first left New York. It was snowing in Baltimore at our first show. Actually, our first show was at this completely like. Not completely, but very, very poorly heated uh, warehouse. They have a wood stove. And ba- they have a tiny wood stove for this huge warehouse. But that worked real well. Not oh cutting God. it. So we and, were, uh, yeah, we were playing with like all of our jackets and like, like I had like my fingerless gloves on and I went and like put like my hiking boots on just like every single layer I had like get, get really warm. And you know, you get warmed up on stage and like three songs in we're like shed- shedding layers very slowly. It's like the world's most boring strip cheese. <laughs> It's actually a really great space. It's called the Baltimore Free Farm, mm-hmm. but uh, we're we're not going to do it in winter again. Yeah, we love we'll come, playing. We'll come there. back again in, in a different season. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, did y'all enjoy uh, leaving that ice apocalypse behind? I don't know oh, if yeah. you're used to that or if this is just you know the impending climate change that we have. 
Um, this is worse than usual, but we are used to it actually being cold in winter, which is why yeah. we always we always try to tour to the south and west in the winter. Yeah, yeah. what is it like sixty or seventy today here? Yeah, I was gonna yeah. Say, oh, it's, it's, it's in right summer. now. It's real warm here. Oh, it's a, yeah. it's wonderful. It's it's so nice. Um, and you know, we were the first week or so, it was still pretty chilly, and even getting into, we went down into like South Florida and stuff, and it was like fifty, fifty five degrees uh, Fahrenheit in in Miami, and people were like wearing their down jackets. And stuff and you know we're like outside in our like light coats being like this is all right this is all right you know yeah. you have thicker skin than us yeah mm-hmm. we're definitely weak down here but you know it's nice to be out of the cold I, I my day job when I'm at home is I work as a dog walker so I'm like out in the cold all the time I felt really bad for the person that I have filling in for me so uh if you're listening to this Mitchell thank you I appreciate <laughs> you and everything you do shout out to Mitchell yeah yeah so just to go ahead and start off, you know, we haven't mentioned uh, the band much, but Out of System Transfer, mm-hmm. just to kick it off with uh, genres, because that's a shitty way to start things. Um, you guys are self-described as New York City's gonzo, anti-funk, punk rock, radical leftist hootenanny. Do you all want to unpack that at all? Sure. Well, it's anti-folk. Anti-folk. Yeah. My bad. Pro, pro-funk. Pro, pro-funk or pro-funk. We don't, we don't really... Well... No, we're not, you know, we don't really have too many funk influences, I would say. But we I are think pro-funk. what happened there is I was trying to read something quick and not yeah. fuck up, and I fucked up. No, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so that was kind of like a tagline that uh, somebody in a Jim Testa local like reviewer and, and musician kind of came up with to describe us, and we liked it so much that we started using it. So anti-folk is kind of a New York City-centric movement that started in the 90s, I guess. Thank you for doing this, because that's one of my questions. What would you describe as anti-folk? Okay, so there's actually like a really interesting uh, uh, history behind this. So it's this like movement that started in, in New York City in the 90s, at um, most notably at a venue called the Sidewalk Cafe that unfortunately was bought out and is going to be changing hands. And we don't know what the future of Sidewalk is going to be like, but it kind of sounds like they're not going to be doing this open mic where anti-folk developed anymore. They're not going to be having the same kind of shows, which is really terrible because even though Sidewalk, uh, which is on, it's on the Lower East Side, um, in, in Manhattan, which now is not really a place that's accessible or affordable to artists, but like in the, in the eighties and the nineties was like where, you know, where it was all happening. So anti-folk started as a, uh, reaction against, um, kind of the traditional folk scene. Um, most notably this, this guy, I I always pronounce his name wrong. So you say Jesse Latch, Latch, this guy Latch, uh, was rejected from the New York, folk festival for being too weird that's another uh uh one of my qu- no wait no it's not go on i shouldn't interrupt anymore uh, <laughs> anyway so yeah he was he was directed for being too punk too weird you know um so he said well i'm gonna start my own festival the anti-folk festival you know and so anti-folk kind of developed out of this open mic that he ran at sidewalk and um if you know jeffrey lewis or the moldy peaches kimya dawson uh, Beck kind of came out of there. Um, Ani DeFranco came Ani through DeFranco. there a little bit. Regina Spector. Yeah, Regina Spector. So people who you might not describe as, as folk or traditional folk that have their own kind of thing going on. So that's anti-folk. Yeah, Beck's first and second album, I would definitely say, is anti-folk. Totally. A lot. Yeah. Some of the, other than, you know, loser, like, it's not super accessible folk mm-hmm. music, traditional, you know, mm-hmm. here's a story. and Right. Yeah. 
but it still has that kind of feeling of like, oh, he definitely sat down with an acoustic guitar and wrote this and yeah. just happened to have a loop pedal or something. For sure. Yeah, if anything, in some ways, I feel like it's actually kind of getting back to the spirit of traditional folk after after decades of, of like watered-down pop folk, if anything. So it's not so much anti-traditional folk. It's more, I think, anti-the like the mainstreaming of folk. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like punk, where yeah. punk isn't necessarily a a sound. It's more of a, you know rebelling against something yeah, like right mentality right. kind of yeah yeah kind of getting against the pop culture yeah absolutely so anti-folk is is kind of that and it's more like you said it's more of a of an attitude than a specific sound i guess you know the i kind of skipped over the gonzo thing but gonzo you know we're out there we're, we're loud we were like funny and and weird um we're you know we have a lot of punk influences we're very political mm-hmm. um and what so what else is there um hoot nanny yeah. uh you know we, we have like people who kind of call us like country a little bit which you know we think we're more like kind of kind of folk influence but yeah. i can see the country thing people you know foot stomping getting down you know i don't know sure <laughs> i like that's that that's their uh description of you know country is being able to dance to it well can't dance I mean, folk apparently for a lot of people that yeah, that's what they think of. Yeah, we get a lot In of guys, a lot of guys at our shows who are like they they want to dance, and I think they feel like a little self conscious or something, and they start doing like 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 kind of a like a square dance type thing, like swing mm-hmm. each other by the arms and and like stomping their feet and stuff, and you know I think it's cool, and and people kind of they they stop being so self conscious in a little bit and start actually like like dancing and having a good time and relaxing and, yeah. and i like that is the anti-folk festival still a thing oh yeah cool yeah yeah, yeah. i mean and i don't know where they're gonna i don't know where they're gonna move it to in the future if sidewalk's not going to be hospitable to that anymore so that 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 is uh, an uncertain uncertain future but as of yeah as of this winter it was still a thing yeah, yeah. well i just want you guys to brace yourselves for sidewalk becoming a vape shop yeah, oh yeah. yeah, it'll probably be a Seven Eleven or a Citibank or Dunkin' yeah. Donuts because that's what everything in Manhattan is I now. I feel like all the vape shops used to be beeper shops, yeah. so yeah. it's only a matter of time until there's something else. In yeah. Texas, for a while there, there were uh, oh, any shops. anything that would open like on the square here, it mm-hmm. would be like, oh, it might be a vape shop. We don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, we had a couple of places that just closed, and I was like, oh, it's a vape shop now because mm. we already had three of them in the same you know block. We needed another. Well, you got a vape. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Yeah, it's either that or frozen yogurt <laughs> even here. even vape, bro? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you guys have music dating back to 2013. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know if this is still accurate. I don't know why it would have changed, but did you guys form at Oberlin in Ohio? Um, we didn't actually form a- as a group at Oberlin. We all met each other at Oberlin, and we were all playing together in different combinations and different bands at Oberlin. Um, but no, this is something we formed after we'd all kind of landed back in New York again after graduation. Well, sort of, because we have at least one song, the I Shot President McKinley, dates back actually to 2008, I think. Um, and Jesse and I were playing together under a different name for a little bit as as this duo. Um, oh, that's right. I wasn't in, a student anymore at that point. But right, yeah, I guess but I was, was still. I still was. <laughs> um, so we were playing as as a duo. We played under the name uh, Up Against the Wall String Band. Um, so we we were li- we were both living in Oberlin there my my senior year and playing together. And you know we would just play like op- like there was like an open mic that we would play at, and it wasn't really like a big thing. Like we just were kind of having fun. Yeah. Well, Oberlin 
has a, like a pretty impressive list of musicians that came from there. I mm-hmm. have a little list of them. You have Chris from the Pr- Punch Brothers, yep. mm-hmm. Alex from Beach House, mm-hmm. Karen O from the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, mm-hmm. John Theodore, amazing drummer in Queens of the Stone Age, Mark mm-hmm. Volta, etc. Mm-hmm. There's just you know, Liz Fair, yeah, Rhiannon Giddens, Rhiannon Giddens. Oh yeah, we love her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it's an impressive list to be a part of. So I don't mm-hmm. know if there. Is there a kind of a music scene there? I know it's an art school. Well, My girlfriend it's... actually went to school there. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I know a little bit about it. Well, not so too there's, much. there's the conservatory and the liberal arts college. And our band, we were all uh, liberal arts students. Um, so there's kind of a, there's, there's a great music scene there um, with everything, like everything you would want. And we were really active in kind of the like, you know, house party type thing yeah like that's how i met jesse and so his band he was in a band with our bassist called huzzah for the shopkeep and you guys were like a rock blues like yeah. dance band uh type thing um that would play at all these house parties and stuff and and our trombone player and i were in a very long-running ska band called the bucket kickers so we would play all these like house shows and stuff and sometimes we would go to cleveland or something to play um, but also obviously the, the college and the conservatory would bring in great, great musicians. We saw, uh, Taj Mahal, uh, Gong Bay Brass Band, um, Cat Power. I booked, I was a booker my senior year and I brought in the World Inferno Friendship Society who are like one of my favorite bands of all time. And, uh, they and their entourage drank all of the PBR at the <laughs> student union that's the music musician's way is to oh, drink yeah. the cheap beer. Oh, yeah. well, it was funny because my my boss, you know, at the student union that I was booking at said, well, we'll just give them like free reign for the bar. And they came in with like this huge entourage, like they're a 10 piece band and they brought another 10 people or yes. something and um, like decimated the place. And, you know, it was amazing. Like we had an incredible time and I it was just good that I was graduating because they were like, you're what did you do? Who are these people? She's the one who said free reign. You, yeah. never, you never said free no, reign. No, it wasn't my fault. But to, anyway. To this day, I still don't understand why they think that was your fault. I mean, it's it's fine. So I think it was funny. So, you know, it, um, anyway, Oberlin has like a great scene. Um, and the conservatory is obviously like world class, uh, incredible musicians coming out mm. of there. Yeah, I hear about stuff, uh, just shows that you're mentioning yeah. and shows that I've heard about that happened mm-hmm. there. Um, just like these famous musicians having residencies and uh-huh. this kind of stuff, and it's just mm-hmm. free for. I think my girlfriend said she saw Yo Yo Ma, just yeah, for free, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, over I went to UNT just down the street here, and it's like the only musician we had here was like J Cole, and I was like, I don't give a shit about right, that. Yeah. yeah, we had Bill Nye once, and That's um, kind of exciting. What's the the woman who worked with the uh, Jane Goodall? Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. she came yeah. last year, so that was cool. That but cool. yeah. But also, I think the best... we had Donald Trump Jr. Unfortunately, oh god, yeah. But I think the yeah, best thing at uh... yeah. oh sorry, I think the best the best thing about the Oberlin scene were the, the those house parties. Um, like we never, we almost never had a house party that didn't have live music. Like almost every weekend, there'd be one or two house parties with like four or five bands playing in all different genres. It was small enough that there wasn't room for like separate scenes for separate genres. We were all playing all the same parties together. We had like punk bands and funk bands and whatever kind of bands. And uh, 
it really t- it it taught us like everything that we know now about about throwing DIY shows and playing DIY shows. And it was very it was very like isolated and self contained. Like it was all student bands. It was all by students for students. We pretty much never brought throwing acts in. So hooking into that was a later thing for us. But that was really formative, I think, in teaching us like how those how those shows run successfully. And yeah, I would imagine going from somewhere like Oberlin, which if I'm not mistaken is a pretty small town going from that kind of diy scene or just music scene in general than going to new york city yeah yeah i mean i feel like going from any college town scene is going to be very different from new york yeah i mean the biggest problem the, the the hardest part i think about being in new york is just that is just that it's so hard just to like just to pay your rent and pay your bills and you you need to work so hard at doing that that it doesn't leave a lot of time for everything else um, but what really made that an easy, uh, ease that transition for us was hooking up with the, uh, with the anti-folk scene, like we were talking about. Um, but particularly like the kind of, uh, offshoot of it that was based at Goodbye Blue Monday in Brooklyn, which is also sadly no longer, uh, in operation. And they had a great, smaller than the sidewalk one, great, uh, open mic scene there that was really, just really supportive. And like, it had that same supportive vibe that we had at the open mic in in Oberlin, even though it was in New York and you had people from all over New York playing it. Um, And that really kind of got us started and that really how we we met all of those, uh, all those sidewalk people. Right, and a bunch of our like New York scene friends. Um, So we were playing, Jesse and I were part of this uh, songwriters book club that's still going on called the Bushwick Book Club. And it's really neat. So they give you a book, they choose a book, and then you all read the book and you write a song about the book. And we still like we have Quinine off of Junk uh, off of Junkyard Golem was written for the Q volume of the encyclopedia, you know, um, and it's great because it gives you like a topic and a deadline and you have to mm-hmm. show up and you have to have like something. And obviously the songs like change after that. And if you're keeping wor- working on them or whatever. But so that would happen like right before the open mic. So we kind of hooked up with that because we saw Franz Nikolai put out um, a 10-inch record with his song for Watchmen that he did. Yeah. And we were like, oh, my God. And and it said on the the record, like, this song was written for the Bushwick Book Club and everybody's welcome and here's how you get involved, blah, blah, blah. So we emailed them. We emailed uh, Susan Wang, who who runs it, and, uh, you know, we got got involved with that. And then we started hanging out and staying for the open mic, and that's how we met um, our friends, like, Joe Crow Ryan, who runs the open mic now um, in a a different space, and uh, Brooke Pridemore, who tours all the time and, you know, we're buddies with, and um, Kung Fu Crime Wave. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, your 2016 LP, um, Junkyard Mm -hmm. Golem. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, That's the only LP you have out right now, Mm -hmm. correct? Correct. Yes, that's right. Are there any plans of uh, working on a new one? Because I know you just released uh, two songs, January tenth. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's four more songs that were recorded along with those two. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually kind of debating right now whether to release those six as an EP, or we've also written another four songs since then. Yeah. Um, so another option is to wait till we get home, record those four, and then put that put those all together into an LP. And we're still we're still kind of internally debating that right now. Actually, I thought, I thought we were gonna do the 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 EP. Or maybe we're gonna do the EP. <laughs> we're talking with a friend of ours who who runs a small like local record label, and I think we're gonna put the full six songs out. It's a twelve inch, probably sometime in the spring. Yeah, I 
I know that y'all are still thinking about that yeah. or maybe not, yeah. but I do like that, uh, personally when I'm, you know, thinking about, I'm gearing up for some type of release. I like, you know, having that kind of play around in my head, like, Oh, how should I release this? Maybe I should just do this and this. It's kind of mm-hmm. fun because there's infinite possibilities. Whereas yeah. when you get to that stage, you're like, okay, I'm going to release a 12 song LP there. You just kind of have to do it. So yeah. it's fun to have that creative freedom when it comes to artwork and yeah. how you're going to release and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I really like doing smaller releases, actually. And for our, our first two out for the EP, Same Rat, Different Hat, and for Junkyard Golem, we made these zines. And the zines, we had our friends illustrate our songs. Like, we sent them the song, like, usually a rough mix. It was before it was done. And uh, the lyrics and said, you know, it has to be, you know, eight and a half by 11, piece of paper, black and white. But then it has to have the lyrics in there. But besides that, go hog wild, like whatever you think, however you interpret it. Because we're not, none of us are really visual artist type people. And I really love seeing how my friends um, who are such wonderful, talented artists, like, like interpret these things. Um, So we did, we did that for uh, Same Rat, Different Hat. Because we made this like seven song EP and then we were like, none of us have a CD player. Like, how are we going to do this? And we didn't want to just do like a download card because it kind of sucks. Like nobody really (laughs) wants to like buy a download card. It doesn't feel like a thing. It makes a huge difference that hardly anyone has cars in New York. It, it really it makes a huge difference in how much people want physical uh, copies of music. Even here. Even here, though. I mean, I don't know most people who have a cd player and use it at least there might be one in their car but that that's it yeah right but i I find i find on the road we sell a lot more cds and tapes and people say oh yeah listen to it in my car yeah and yeah and and i feel like at home because if you don't have a car it's like why would you ever want a cd yeah i think that gets into the niche of like people who still want to buy physical media which Mm. that's a whole nother conversation we could get into but uh, people do still want to buy vinyl but that's expensive to make yeah exactly and that's very different like more visual medium too right. than a mm-hmm. CD. So. Yeah, and also unfortunately, uh, I hate to say it, but you know, vinyl is expensive, and then musicians aren't known for being able to afford expensive right. things. Right. And when we can, we're buying instruments and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's an interesting, you know, give and take. And you know, you're mentioning about uh, releasing smaller releases, uh, which I don't really get the sense that you guys are in this category. But nowadays, you know, having a steady stream of content mm-hmm. in smaller doses is more appealing to just mass audiences and whatnot i'm not so sure that that really applies to you guys because well, I, we're I'm not a, you know in the mainstream we're not trying to get on billboard or anything exactly but no, but i think for yeah. for anybody it helps to have a, to have new content coming up more often yeah yeah I would imagine that you guys would have a crowd that would be more willing to sit down and listen to a record whereas you know yeah some more pop acts or indie pop they're probably their audience is going to listen to singles yeah nothing wrong with that but it's just different crowds. it's just yeah it's just different ways of consuming media and yeah i think you know we we think a lot about like when when we're putting something out like we want to have like a nice order a nice flow to it and even when we're writing like a set list it's the same thing like you yeah. want the whole set to like be cohesive and flow and have like movement and and kind of telling a story yeah, I do want to thank you guys for uh, noting as an influence Dave Van Ronk mm-hmm. because uh, he was one of the sources of my favorite movie Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that movie. Uh, that my favorite movie of all time. And uh, yeah, so 
Thanks for mentioning him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's great. Um, so you did mention that you guys have a political edge uh, that you bring to your music. And, yeah. you know, you have songs that reference, you know, Stonewall Riot or <clears throat> Stonewall Riots mm-hmm. and William McKinley's assassination. Is it fair to call your songs protest songs? Yeah. Um, sure. Sure. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I I, th- I think they're um they're a, a little bit different than than like sort of your standard protest songs, which are just sort of like putting like a you know a slogan or a, a sign into a song form. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we try to do more than that. We try to tell stories. Um, we try to tell stories that have have characters that are told from a, a particular perspective of one character or another. Um, but yeah, ultimately they are they are protest songs or songs that we hope will make people think about the issues that we that we spend so much time thinking about. Yeah, and I think it's definitely with your genre of music it's definitely lends the storytelling aspect Mm -hmm. to certain things can come out really well in that format well that's something that pete seeger said uh Mm. he said well you you do the quote jesse um that pete (laughs) seeger uh famously says uh beware beware of editorial and song form and better to tell a story yeah um so that's always that's always what we aim for when I, i i think it's just i think it's kind of uh When I hear songs that are just sort of slogans in song form, I kind of wonder if like a song is really the the best medium for this. Yeah, it's hard to sit down with an idea of a song and write it. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're writing a song uh, straight from emotion, it comes more naturally. But if you sit down and you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to tackle the Stonewall riots and the issues that come along with that. Right. Personally, I would find that hard to, you know, do it without just sounding super on the nose, which your music isn't right so uh, i just think you shouldn't have um you shouldn't write a song if uh, a protest sign or a blog post or or something else would would carry the same message better there should be a reason why it's a song and the best reason why it's a song i think is like you said it can go directly to those emotions um so that's always what i try to think i try to think about the the people that are involved in those in those issues and and their stories and the and the emotions um, more than more than what specifically I want to say about it, and then usually what actually what needs to be said about it will will come out through that at some point. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about you know how you can tell the political uh, edge to the music, and you'll be playing venues where people can come and go, uh, mm-hmm. and you're talking about how some people it attracts, some people it can turn away. I'm not sure if that really bothers you when people are turned away or if oh, those I are the, love it. Are those the people you're just like, no, nah, I don't really want you to listen to my music. Oh, no, no. Hey, a, a bad reaction is pretty good. I really want and people any, to hate us. Any reaction, is, any reaction is much better than no reaction. Oh, yeah. Uh, so if, if someone hates us, that's way better than if someone's indifferent to us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely get that. You know, we play like a lot of house shows, a lot of DIY spaces. We're part of a really amazing community across the world, really. And uh, they like so we do a lot of like shows in like safe spaces or safer spaces and places where we know the audience is on our side. And it's less about like convincing people or bringing people over. I mean, maybe bringing people over from like a more like liberal centrist view to like a more like radical leftist thing where we are. Um, like, I think that's something that you can still kind of try to do. But, you know, if, if, a, if a cop walks into this, you know, sometimes we do these bar shows and a cop walks in and we're like, no, fuck you. Like, I don't think those people are lost. Those people are gone. I'm not I'm not there to, like, persuade anybody. I'm I want to be here to lift to uplift people and to empower people and to make people feel like fired up and excited and like they can, you know, make a difference and they can do things. And, you know, we've played at like bar gigs and we do, you know, we'll do like our, our, um, our 
anti-cop song which we introduced by saying the cops are not your fucking friends and all the pigs can suck eggs in hell and everybody like like the cop will just get up and leave like that's happened a couple times and um, we're like good like we don't want you here got a reaction we got a reaction we so we don't you know i'm not here to make friends with everybody like well i'm sure you guys i think you can't really try to have these kind of songs and and expect people to like just you know maybe i'll listen to it now. right exactly Like that's, it's fine. If that's part of the having this kind of music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure y'all are thrilled that New York's own Donald Trump is our president now. Mm. <laughs> well, on that note, we can move on. Uh, so I mentioned that you guys are on day 17 or so, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. of a 40 plus state tour. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a segment where we like to talk about tour stories or tursters. Tursters. Um, we typically highs Twisters. and lows. Of tour and I, before we get into this, I should have mentioned this earlier. When you guys are in New York City, you guys—it's a four-piece, correct? Yes, okay. that's right. Yeah, we, uh, Jesse Jacobson on the bass and John Good on the trombone are uh, to, are full-time members of the band when we're at home, and we we bring them on the road as much as we can, but they just don't have, they don't have the flexible schedules that the two of us do. Yeah, so we have been doing a lot of touring as the two of us. Um, but yeah, that's what I consider the, the full lineup of the band to be the four of us. We have at times had a drummer in the mix too, but, uh, for the last few years we've been focusing on just those four. So you have two Jessies in the band. Two Is Jessies. the other one called JJ or something? Um, no, we'll just, you should just do last name. Just call, just call him Jacobson, Jacobson most of the time. Yeah. I work with like a thousand Kevins and I just basically, yeah. I gave up on trying to give them different names and I just looked them in the eye and said, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only way of doing it because I'll have like three of them in a room and I just have to lock eyes with them. Yeah, there's actually a ton of people named Jesse in the folk punk scene, and we it's don't true. understand why. But I'm really looking mm. forward to the all Jesse band, Ripper and the Jesses. Ripper and the Jesses. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I would. The three of us at least have names that I wouldn't say uh, are too common. But Adam, I'm sure you're used to. No, that's pretty common. Ignoring your name yeah. in yeah. a crowded place. Yeah. Yeah. So highs and lows of tours, um, like like any any tour or this one, whatever you a- want, anything that's you know a story you want to share on a podcast with people, mm. and also the story. So if it's you really don't bad, then you know. Um, Camp Camp Krusty. Yeah, you can toss that. Okay, so I don't think they'll take offense to this. Also, no. if you want, you can use different uh, names if you want to. Well, this if is, it's a this is recognizable. Name. This is not okay. about specific people. Um, so we, we, we're friends with these folks that, uh, run a venue outside of Morgantown, West Virginia called Camp Krusty. And it's a really amazing space. They bought this burned out church and they built a, like a half pipe skate ramp in it and like a venue and it's cool and it's all like graffitied and you like play and there are people skating next to you and it kind of looks like the bad guys lair from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. It really looks like that. It's really cool. Um, so we, we do really like playing there and we think they're really great. But the first time we played there, um, the show itself was awesome. And then we, you know, we're going to crash out and we were crashing out kind of on the, the flat part of the skate ramp, you know, on the side. And there were these people underneath the skate ramp on both sides. And one side, this guy's like playing, he's like working on some, some like electronic music track. And he's like playing that without headphones, just from the computer speaker all night, whatever. And then below us, these two people, three or two or three people were trying to, they had like the biggest bag of cocaine I have ever seen in my entire life. 
Um, you can cut that out if, if you want or, or not. I don't care. No, um, let's leave it in. No, it it's legal to see bags of cocaine. Yeah, like huge. Yeah. Um, and this guy <laughs> was like trying to learn how to play the washboard like for the very first time. And his buddy's like a this terrible banjo player. And they're like jamming out underneath us for hours and hours and Filled hours. With cocaine confidence. Yeah. Full in their of, musical abilities. Yeah. And, you know, we're trying to go to sleep. And like, we, you know, we like to hang out. I'm not going to be like, oh, it's midnight. I have to go to bed now. It's like 4.30, 5 in the morning. And they start like banging on like this metal pipe. And that makes their dog start barking. So it's like... Like, scritchy, scratchy, scritchy, scratchy, shitty banjo, bang, bang, bang. The dog's going, ruff, 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 shut up. Like, all this screaming and awfulness. And I was like, do you guys think you could, like, chill for, like, just a second so we can get, like, a little bit of sleep? We had to drive to Muncie, Indiana the next day to play a show. And they were like... You know, I thought y'all were from New York City. This is West Virginia. You should learn how to deal with some noise. And we were like, what is happening? What is wrong with us that we're doing this? Um, and eventually... I we, people think that they, they have some idea of what living in New York means. They yeah. say yeah. Shit like that. Do they like, think it's normal to do that at they, 4 a.m. No, in New York? In, or in New York, not? if you did that in, in Brooklyn, like you would get like shot, you know? Wait, so you're people not just would yell at you. people yelling in your ears while you sleep? Yeah, not so no. much. Weird. Yeah. So, you know, we, we got up, and I think our, our bassist can sleep with earplugs in, so he got like three hours of sleep, and we were all... I was like lying there listening to him snore like, hating him like i like how you said three hours of sleep like that's you know a good amount of sleep yeah, yeah. Well, and like i mean better than even. zero given hours. the circumstances yeah. so we get up it's like you drive and yeah we're like all right you're driving let's go we pack up all of our shit we get into the we're getting into our van our minivan and uh the the guys come like blinking out into the harsh light of day and they said Oh, hey, man, sorry about the noise. You guys want, like, a beer or a shot of whiskey or something? And it was, like, 8 in the morning. And we were like, no, we want to sleep, but we can't because of you. So we're leaving. And, you know, we went to uh, Waffle House, obviously, because what else do you do? What else would you do? Um, <laughs> and... Our trombone player, I, I will never forget that. John ordered oh. a coffee and an orange juice, takes the creamer, opens it up, and pours it right into his orange juice. And, like, we just were all like, no. And, you know, the, the waitress was very, very, very nice. And right. he was like, like you... take this away from me, please. It's horrible. So that was like, you know, we've returned to Camp Krusty since then and had a really nice time. Like, that was really just an isolated Yeah, it doesn't sound incident. like a venue. It sounds like no. just yeah. a select few. No. And then we tried People. to get a hotel room in Muncie, Indiana. Oh, and, and we found a bed bug in, uh, in like, the fun. Super 8 yeah. in Muncie. And, we were, and I was like... This was like one of our first like longer tours, and, and, I, I was, and the woman at the desk was neither surprised nor apologetic no, about there being bed bugs in her yeah. hotel. She was like, "Yeah, that that happens. Yeah, you can have your money back. Sure, no problem." Yeah, she was totally like, <laughs> "But they won't do anything about it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, she, yeah, she I mean, they didn't, hadn't even run the card yet, but she was like, "Yeah, yeah, that happens." I was like, you can at least <laughs> pretend to be a little surprised that your hotel is bed bugs. Or like, oh no, upset oh or God, something. We'll get right on that. Like, a what bug? Yeah. <laughs> so that was like kind of bad. <laughs> but, you know, the show in Muncie was actually pretty fun. Uh, the space is called Be Here Now. We played with Bella's Bartok, who are a really wonderful oh, yeah, band. Um, 
And yeah, so that was, you know, just not. I found like as we, more and more we, as we tour, like just getting good sleep is like the most important thing. And it's hard to do, even if you have, you know, let's yeah, say even you, if you're staying somewhere, it's still yeah. hard to do. Yeah, like yeah. say you have a 12 hour stretch right. and you it's completely silent and you're able to go to sleep. It's hard to sleep somewhere that is not your home. You know, it yeah. can be difficult to yeah. do that sometimes. We've gotten we've gotten good at it, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm putting myself under so much pressure. Like I'm like lying there and I'm like, I have to fall asleep. I have to sleep so that I can be okay tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it, you get all like built up in your head about it. So that, you know, that can just be a lot of pressure. But um, yeah. The, the unspoken pressure of tour. Yeah. Learning how to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um highs. We have many good many good choices for highs too. Remember the um the Convencero? Yeah. Those, those so we went on tour in Europe last spring, also as an acoustic duo, and that that whole thing was kind of a high. It was awesome. Yeah, I imagine. Did you book that as well? Um mostly uh we we work with a guy named Albert in Spain who booked all of our shows in Spain. And he's this amazing guy who books a ton of ton of, you know, DIY uh, and lesser known musicians. Um, he lives like kind of outside uh, Barcelona in a town called uh, Girona or Girona, um, depending on if you speak Spanish or Catalan or whatever. And uh, he yeah, he's like really, really wonderful. And he like drove us around for a few days and like tour managed us, which was great. You know, it was was incredible. So hi, Albert, if you're out there, we love you. Um, So he booked us at this former convent that's now an art space about an hour outside of Barcelona. And it is just wonderful, like creepy, like art everywhere. You like wander around and every room has like a different thing and they like put you up and feed you and stuff. Um, so yeah, you want to finish? Uh, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's just a beautiful, huge space. Yeah, just like ev- every corner that you turn is some other weird room with some other weird art art installation in it. And uh, the band that we played with was this. Uh, they went on before us actually in a different room, and they were like they did um, uh, bolero music, which is like a like old like an old like a Spanish or, or um, I think also some, uh, South American somewhat uh, a genre of these like these very like dramatic ballad songs. Of tales of of romance Love and death and that are my uh, mother left me and my lover left me and I miss my mother and my lover you know um, yeah and they're they're traditionally sung by women um, but this band had a had a man in drag doing them who was just, just absolutely amazing and when they they we come into the space we saw them rehearsing so we knew everyone who was in the band and then we come into the space and it's just a and the space was a chapel which is an actual chapel from the former convent. And there's the stand-up bass player and the Spanish guitar player, and they're just standing there. And I'm like, "Where's the singer?" And they start playing, and the singer comes bursting out of the confessional, just like bursting Amazing. out in, in full drag, just like, like this- belting out the song. It's like this is the best act that we have ever played with <laughs> anywhere in the world. Um, and they had then they had an amazing meal for us, and then we just stayed in these rooms up in the top of the convent that were just all. And every, you know everybody listened to the music and danced and stuff, and, was, and it was yeah, it was, it was so cool. It was spooky organ music all night because people were going in and playing around at the organ. Oh, we organ. heard the organ at like three a.m. and I was like, like you all hear that too, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like uh, you know, just kind of your highs are associated with you know going to these art spaces and you know spaces that a lot of times can feel like isolated pockets, but when it sounds like from y'all's touring experiences is actually you know it's not so tight-knit it's more you know it, it's a larger community than mm-hmm. people would like you to think that 
you know, oh, people yeah. want to tell you like, oh yeah, that's just the art scene. It's mm-hmm. like, no, well, it's, it's all around the U S and all around the world. All around the world. Up. Yeah. Um, I, I was also going to say another high was probably the first time we played in, in Denver at this oh, wonderful yeah, yeah. space called seventh circle. And I'd never been there before. I didn't know a single person there really. And we start playing the the McKinley song, I think, and people were singing along like these complete strangers. And that was the really the first time that I'd ever seen people I didn't know, like who knew my music, uh, who knew our music. And it was just so like like fulfilling and and affirming and and cool. Yeah. And I like totally messed up because I was so <laughs> distracted by it. But it was really really neat. Um, and now like we have a bunch of friends there and we're going there on this tour at the end of February. Mm-hmm. I think the show is February 27th, 26th or 27th. I don't know. I could look it up. We're in Denver and Boulder on those days, so I can never remember which, which is which. But anyway, so it was really, really, really cool. And it's really neat to have this, this community of these people that like maybe you know them from the internet or something and then you meet them and you're like, oh, hi, friend. I've been talking to you for years, but now... I know who you are. I actually, I have another low, too, if we have time for that. By all means. Okay. So that, that reminded me when you were talking about the show in Spain. So we were in uh, York, UK. Oh, God. <laughs> this is really way more of a low that has to do with the music. Um, we were in York, UK, and um, we're playing in this, like, cafe bar type place. And York is this very touristy town, and it's very small in, the, like, the downtown area. And we were on tour with our friend Quinn, uh, Quinn Gibson, who's a, a wonderful uh, non-binary musician from New Jersey, but living in Liverpool. So we, Quinn actually booked a bunch of shows for us. We went on tour in the UK together and Quinn booked all these shows and they were really great. Except, I mean, the show itself was okay, except for we're, we're at this cafe and we're setting up and um, they actually were like, you can't use the PA. We have a PA the, the manager called on the phone to make sure that we knew that, yes, we have a PA, but no, you can't use it. And we were like, oh, great. Thanks for the hospitality. They wouldn't even give us like a free beer. Like yeah. we kind of went from like Spain where we were being like like treated so nicely to UK where they yeah, everywhere kinda, in Europe we were treated yeah, pretty nicely, to, really. to where they don't really give a crap about you. So just we're like home. yeah, just like home. <laughs> it, it made getting coming home like a little easier. Yeah, easy transition. But anyway, so so we're setting up in this cafe, and uh, there there were these these really really drunk middle aged British people. I don't know if you've ever heard the term gammon, but don't the whole so. time we were there, we were like these people all look like hams because they're just so like like pink faced and and like shiny and they they look like hams and then we found out that that's a thing that that they're called uh gammon is like a thing in the uk for for these guys and they're they've been drunk all day it's five or six in the evening and they're like falling off of their stools and jesse was like can i like move this table over because we're gonna be like setting up and playing here and here you can do the accent well what am i gonna do then if you move the table over there and I was like, you don't have to do anything. You can still sit at the table just over there. We don't need the table. We just need the space. And I re- like, I realized what he meant was like, how am I going to stand up for the, for <laughs> like the, two, you do for the like one minute it takes you to move the table from here to there because I'm so drunk I can barely stand up. And again, it was like five o'clock. So this is the, the scene that we're coming into. And then we play, the, we play, get through most of the set and we get to the part where we're asking for donations. 
and these and for this show the donations are like all we're getting for this show this should, the show again the space was not even letting, not even giving us a free beer not even letting us use their pa <laughs> so they were just they're just like you can stand over there and play music if you want to um and she and she just like breaks in with like if you're asking for money then how does that drive with your anti-capitalist principles and you know we're like because we need to put gas in the car and we need to eat like sorry it's like how how capitalist of you yeah right, right. you need to eat <laughs> yeah it's crazy um so first there was that and then we somehow convinced her to put in some money anyway she was like well are you getting paid for the show i was like really? no we're not getting paid they don't, give, they won't even give us a damn free beer for the show and then they finally convinced her to put like a couple quid in there and then she we get to the song about uh the, the copter not your friends and all the pigs suck at uh, suck eggs in hell and she's gonna like whoa 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 yeah okay and again we couldn't use the pa so we didn't have a microphone to talk over her we just had to like shout over her the best that we could <laughs> And that was like the rest of the show was us just having to like yell over this horrible woman. Well, while she, she was, was just screaming, screaming at us. in my face, going, "What if you were raped? What if you were raped?" And I was like, "Oh yes, the police are traditionally awesome at dealing with that." Like, but it's hard to do comebacks like that when you don't have a microphone. Right, you just have to shout over. Yeah, just yelling. Yeah. yeah. The, the whole, when, it, when you see like stand up comics dealing with hecklers and stuff, like it's all very predicated and like I have a microphone and you don't. Yeah. It's They're, very difficult if you yeah, just have to. Yeah, that's the way that works. Yeah. yeah. It's very exactly. difficult if you just have to shout over them. So we were like totally like, oh my God. And then she goes over, it was like the, the gammon crew over there. And then to the other side of the room were like these really sweet uh, university students um, who are all like, like queer and trans and like really, really nice. And, and she's like getting up in their faces and she was like, well, do you agree with what they're saying? And they were like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And she starts like going for like, <laughs> you're barking up the wrong tree there. The tip hat. And they're like pulling it away from her. Cause like, like, sorry. All wishes are final. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was probably the most, like, emotionally difficult uh, yeah. show that we've ever played. Yeah, I can deal with a couple of hecklers, if I, again, if I have the microphone. And I, I can easily just drown them out. But, yeah, when you have to shout over people, it's really, really difficult. And, like, I, I was, like, really afraid. Like, and I it, thought she was going to get violent. And it felt like also, like, the management was, like, not necessarily going to be on our side. No. Like, you know, yeah. good management is like, hey, don't hassle our performers. There are our performers that we hired to be here, so don't mess with them. But then this could be like, hey, but they were like so thoroughly like not caring about us being there that it seemed like they could just as easily be like, hey, don't you bother our customers. Right. So we didn't really know how that one was going to go. Yeah. But we just kind of like powered our way through the rest of it. And then we're just like, fuck you guys. Never see you again. Ever. Bye. Yeah. Well, <laughs> never coming back to this city ever again. Yeah. That's a little, Maybe even that country ever again. <laughs> that's a little taste of the UK. Yeah. We had, we had some other shows in the UK that were very good, though. Liverpool yeah. was very good. Sheffield was very good. We, we, had, some good, we had some good times in the UK. Well, but don't worry. York, York was terrible. Don't worry. They got themselves. They uh, committed Brexit. So yeah. don't worry. So you all want to move on to what we're listening to? Sure. Um, sure. Uh, I don't have... We normally have a, uh intro to this, but we don't have it anymore. Uh do you all have any, any noises you can make or anything? Any sick transitions? It's cool if you don't. Um, Jesse's really good at accents. There you go. Just give me something. Uh, what are you listening to? What, what, oh, wow. You didn't even give me a specific accent. You're just saying do an accent? <laughs> just an, an accent. accent. Russian? Uh, oh, man. Okay. This is too much pressure. Okay. Much pressure. okay. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's I, don't, fair. I don't understand what kind of transition you're looking for here. We, we put right. you on the spot. Yeah. So. 
Um, so we're just going to talk about what we're listening to. And Adam, do you want to yeah, start or do you want I'll, me to? Uh, I'll go first. I have a band that I've been listening to that I've, they've been around. I've seen their name around, just never listened to them. Glass Animals. Uh, mm-hmm. Their album, How to Be a Human Being, came out in 2016. Uh, can't stop listening to it. Really like it. Um, and then I have a podcast I listened to actually on the way here was, uh, an interview with, uh, Anderson Pack on Mark Marin's what the fuck podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really cool. And he just talks about his new album and, in growing up and getting into, you know, making it as an artist and all that's really cool. I like his music and I like his, him as a person. Uh, so that was cool to listen to. Although you can skip the first 20 minutes of the podcast. It's that's just Mark ad Marin reads. For you. I didn't know that. I haven't listened to a show in a long time because I hate him. But I'm, yeah, no, I'm not a fan of Mark Maron. Yeah. But he gets really the good. The first at, 20 fucking minutes guests. are all ads. But yeah, he has good guests. And this was a really cool interview because he's Anderson Pack is really like calm and and collected on it. And that's it's just cool to hear him talk because he's really relaxed and some of the people talks he about gets whatever. On there, so I'm like, what the? Fu- how did this happen? Like Obama. He got Tom York. Which he has really. He has really good bookers. Than Obama. He has. So. He has really good booking people what yeah. the fuck and it's yeah. done in his garage well it's a studio yeah. <laughs> whatever anything else no that was all that was all um, I, had. I listened to uh sunflower beans new ep king of the dudes it's about 50 50 i really like that band but i would say the cp was about 50 50 um new vampire weekend songs and new american football songs all very good i'm pretty excited for both of those um i got a lot more music i'm listening to but i'll save that for next episode because we have to like stockpile yeah. things yeah, for yeah. what we're doing because yeah, we, we do this every other week. So. Yeah, we it's have to come pressure. up with new stuff. You guys can talk about the stuff that you've listened to your whole life, but we'll we've already know. exhausted that. Yeah. Um, okay, so who have I been listening to lately? That's a good question. Um, I've been really, I've been really into uh, Brandy Carlisle lately. Um, her new record, I think, is by, by the way, I forgive you. Um, it's very good. Um, the Screaming Females have been a big one for me for the last couple of years. They're out of uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey, I believe. Um, I've seen them a couple of times live in concert, and they're just like it's just like a really like really punk in its attitude, but also in a like like a really like old fashioned rock and roll show with good riffs and solos and everything that I've been been missing from rock music for a long time. And um, and uh, Troll Two are a band from our. Uh, That's from what our I was going to say. <laughs> probably what Danielle was going to say, but she can talk more about them if uh, if she wants to. But they're they're I think our our favorite band from our from our same kind of scene. Yeah. Um. So they're a band from Boston. They're very similar to us in that they're very political. Um. And they're also a four piece, although they're a little more on the bluegrass side. They have a, a wonderful fiddle player and a mandolin, and then upright upright bass and guitar. And we met them the first time we played their mandolin players uh, house venue in in Boston. And I was like, oh, you're like us. Um, But but you're amazing. And so we've toured with them a little bit and, you know, played with them when they come to New York, done show trades and stuff. And they're I really like them because they're really, really great musicians, really tight band but they they have fun and they're political. They sing about, um, you know, they they sing about like like capitalism and patriarchy and like like all all this other. And uh, they have a song about Lois Long, who was the first female editor of of the of the New Yorker. And they've got like a really interest. They've got a really great sound. They're really really cool. Um, also in Austin. We just played with a band um, who I knew I was going to love just from the name of, the, of their band. They're called 
Hans Gruber and the Diehards. That's a great, a great incredible. name. Incredible. That's really good. And I like, you know, you're playing, when you're doing like 40 shows, it's hard to like look up every other band that you're playing yeah. with. Um, so I had no idea what they were going to be like. And then they they played, they played right before us. And I was like, how are we ever going to follow this? Like, sometimes I just feel like so lucky and also terrified to play with these like incredible musicians. Um, and they're kind of kind of like ska core, maybe. They have a sax of like a tenor sax player. Um, a little, little funky, little, little funky. Like fishbone funk ska. Yeah, kind of, of fishbony. Uh, they did a cover of Jump in the Line, and they got they got everybody dancing, and they were like they were like fun, you know. And I think like you see so many like really self important uh, acts and people who get really like in their own heads and everything, and they were just getting people up and dancing and moving around and smiling. And it was it was so cool. And they brought like a shit ton of food to the show because it was on Super Bowl Sunday. So they brought all this like really Texan like Super Bowl food, which I had like never seen any of that stuff before, like like cream cheese with like jelly on it. Yeah. Queso. Queso. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that was uh, they were food in Texas. Yeah. So they, they like really blew me away. Like like. I was like super, super impressed with them. And I, you know, I was like, come like already like booking a show for them in New York in my head. Like who yeah. I, who do I want them to play with and yeah. stuff? That's cool. Yeah. That's how, you know, we'll tell, we'll tell everybody, like we'll tell almost everyone we see, Oh, we liked, we liked your set. Oh, let us know if you're in New York, we'll book you sometime. The way you know, if we really liked you is if we start talking to you about the bands that we're going to book you with in New York. Yeah. Like, oh, you come to New York. We're going to book you with our friends, this band and that band and that band. Right. If we say that, that's one. doesn't mean we necessarily do don't we're being insincere and don't like you if we don't say that but if we say that that means we really yeah i wanted to um i'm i play alto sax as well so i'm like a sucker for like any band with like horns saxophones whatever and i'm in a a, like punk disco brass band back home in in new york city Uh, we're actually coming down to austin at the end of march for the honk texas festival and i was like oh i hope you guys can make it to to the honk texas and if you come up to new york like maybe like funk funk rest brass band is the name of my brass band uh maybe we can play with you because mm-hmm. we have that like that like dance vibe going on so mm-hmm. yeah all right hans gruber and the diehards and troll too so y'all have new music out on uh Bandcamp. where mm-hmm. else can mm-hmm. it's actually just on Bandcamp right now i think we're gonna wait until we release everything before we put it out on like spotify and and all that all that stuff but you can listen to uh, Junkyard Golem and Same Rat Different Hat on Spotify, iTunes, I don't know, yeah. Russian website. People can find y'all on Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, and all that whatnot. Yeah, uh, we're Instagram and Facebook, Out of System Transfer. You can also find us at outofsystemtransfer.com, which is really just kind of a landing page for all the other social media stuff. Yeah, and uh, when this comes out, it will be, you guys will be hitting the West Coast, mm-hmm. correct? That's right, yeah. Yeah. You'll be on tour for a little bit more so people can go yeah, check Yeah, go you check out. out where you're playing and Yeah. Yep. So I think um do I need to pull out the I got it. The schedule. I think the third the thirteenth. The thirteenth we're playing in LA. Um it was a house show and now we're probably having to move it. So TBA. TBA. You can message the band page yeah. and we'll let you know. Yeah. Once and, we know. And then we're in uh, our show in Oakland actually was canceled, which is fine because then we don't have to 
drive from LA to Berkeley and play a show that yeah. or, no, Oakland and play Oakland. the show that night. Um, but then we're playing on February fifteenth. We're playing in uh, in Berkeley at nine two four Gilman. Wonderful, amazing, historic venue. Probably you know thirty five years old or something. And uh, we're actually doing the the California shows, the shows in uh, L.A., Berkeley, and Sacramento, which is the day after our, our Berkeley show, with a wonderful band called Ludlow from from uh, from the West Coast. From from Denver, Colorado, I thought. Or, or they're from Denver. I don't know. They're from out there. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. They're from Denver. Yeah. Um, which is basically the West Coast to me. Um, yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, it's all, it's it's all, all out west there. Of it's all New York. out there. If you're looking for the ocean, you'll be disappointed. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so we're doing those shows with Ludlow and they're friends of ours and they're they're right on, really great musicians, mm-hmm. really political. So please check them out. And if you're in that area and our show at Gilman Street is actually a benefit for, um, I want to say, I'm going to look this up real fast. Look it up real fast. Real fast. Okay, it's a benefit for the Tijuana Caravan. There you go. So please, you know, come come out to that show if you're in, uh, you know, the, in the Bay Area. In the Bay Area. And there's a bunch of really awesome bands on there. It's a folk punk anti-Valentine's party. So we'll all get together and get all, all weepy over how much we like each other. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I was at a punk show on... Uh, Valentine's Day, I got pelted with condoms by the band. Nice. That sounds so, about right. I was like, you do realize the people who are here are not the people who are going to be needing those condoms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adam, where can they find you? They can find me at my house in Denton, Texas. Do we want to list out your address? Except for on the weekdays. I'll probably be in Dallas for a good while, but I'll be back in the evenings. Where can they find you? Your house? Yeah, down the street. Cool. Yeah, Adam and I live on the same street. I don't know if we've ever said that. No, I don't oh, think it's come cute. up. But it's yeah. canon now. Yeah. We can't erase it. It's canon and also real life. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I have a trouble uh, discerning between canon and real life well, sometimes. What mm-hmm. is real life? You know? What Don't is know. No, we can go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, while we do that, we'll uh, go ahead and segue into a song. Woo! When the angels come to my city, to my building, to my boy, I think I'm good. Send them flowers, I mean in a flower pot A fire escape like internet stories tall And I sink back down the window, watch them fall When they're making for the elevator And they're taking off their hats I'll bet they'll hardly even notice I lay out a welcome mat Laid it over a bear trap, hit an out in plain sight Make my knees. 